Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hey parents, Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique in Oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing, shoes, toys, and accessories. Check out Jack and Claire's Facebook page too. Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique, West Jackson Avenue, next to Belk. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My goodness. There's a lot going on in my garden. I hope it's the same for you. Now, by that, of course, I mean that all the leaves are falling. All the perennials are dying back. (laughs) Here in Zone 8, we're looking at what looks like a fairly wet week coming up. So since the temperatures are not going to be really, really cold after this morning, get yourself out there and get all these things done. What do you say? That's what I'll be doing. Still got lots of leaves. I'm, I, uh, I realize we're having a dry winter so far, but I'm telling you, this next week may be the beginning of uh, a change in that regard. You can talk to yourself about it later on when you're out there wondering what, where you left the umbrella. But the good news is, for us as gardeners, we need all that. Our bulbs are trying to come up. We've got lots of things that want to bloom. Every, all of the early winter, uh, late winter, rather early blooming shrubs, things like quince and forsythia and even, yeah, witch hazel is still hanging on. I've seen a couple of pictures folks have sent me this week. But that's what we do here on Weekend Gardening. We talk about mostly zones 7, 8, and 9 because I'm plopped right here in the middle of that. We focus on the southeastern part of the United States because I'm plopped in the middle of that. But guess what? Wherever you are, gardening is a thing. And it'll make you a better person, it'll make you happier, and it will, in fact, make you healthier. So we can talk about it here. And you can call the Super Talk call line from anywhere, 888 If you would like to send a text, and I hope you will, 601-879-4395. Daniel is here. He will answer the phone and be sure to put you here. So tell him where you're calling from, a little bit about what you want to talk about. Um, it, it may or may not be something that's on my topic this today, but that doesn't matter because guess what? This is your microphone, too. I was tickled to um, get out and prune the roses this week, and I've seen quite a few people here and there doing the same thing. Um, yep, it's time. This is the President's Weekend. Traditional, uh, traditionally, that's when we consider doing the rose pruning. And um, yeah, I still have a few things left over from last month that didn't get attended to as well as I wanted. But right now, before the weather begins to warm up again, it will be a good opportunity for us to get out there and do that stuff. Someone sent me a note this week and said, what do you mean when you say you're from Zone 8? And I, I, I do appreciate being able to send out the link to the USDA zone maps. But guess what? They're about to get redone again. So everything will change. Not a lot, but it does change by a few miles each time due to the change in the temperature gradations. And that all has to do with the potential, probable, likely, statistical last freeze in the springtime as well as the first one in the fall 
all those things fall into zones. Seven, it, we, we think about Memphis and Tennessee and the very, very northern corners, northern tier of Mississippi and Alabama and across there. A little bit of it dips into Georgia because they have higher elevations than we do. But then Zone 8 flows from pretty much the Mississippi River over to Savannah, <laughs> kind of way over there, and certainly Jacksonville, Florida. And Zone 9 actually goes farther into our lower, our lower pine belt and across the, the deepest coast of the Gulf. So that's where we are. That's what we talk about. But you'd be surprised how many things are different from one place to the next. And that's another reason why um, they allow somebody with a lot of experience and a lot of time to come in and talk about it with you on Saturdays. My name is Nellie Neal. I am, in fact, known as the Garden Mama. And I'm going to have some pretty cool things to give away to you here in the next few weeks. Um, my, my team has decided to get uh, get busy ahead of springtime. And in fact, I don't know if you all are familiar with Linktree.com, but I hope you will become so because that's where my information now is. You can basically link to anything that I'm doing from Linktree.com slash Garden Mama. can take you to this broadcast, can take you to Patreon, can take you to... If I'm doing an event that week, it'll have information about that, as well as the other, all the other pieces and parts of the Garden Mama world. So thank you very much for being here. Brian says, in Fulton, it is cool and sunny Saturday morning. I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's the, that's the uh, nicest place. Sandy lives in Zone 7B. How should I go about pruning my rose bushes? It does depend on what kind they are. Um, for example, the... If you have a once-blooming climbing rose, you have Lady Banks or any of the others that just bloom one time in the springtime, don't prune them now. This is not their, their motion. You'll cut off their flowers if you do that. Now, that being said, if you move into a house in February and the rose bush is blocking the way into your garage, as happened to someone that I know, yeah, you're going to have to prune part of that away if you want to drive into the garage. But if you can wait until after it blooms, that would be better. Now, other ones, however, are different. The other end of that, of course, in terms of popularity, once-blooming climbers are extremely popular. So are knockout roses. Knockout roses of any sort can be pruned now in the same way that we prune all the shrub roses, but a little bit less. So that means if you've got a shrub rose, if you've got the fairy, if you've got um, Clotilde Super, if you've got in any, you know, any of the, uh, the, the shrubby landscape roses that are not necessarily the most modern ones. This is the time to go in and look for, first of all, anything that's dead that you, it has, been, has been browned out since last summer, take that off. Then look at the shrub and pick out the strongest canes, maybe five or six, maybe seven or eight, depends on how big the shrub is, and make sure you leave those. But take out the wimpy ones. Take out any one. Take one. Take out one of any two that rub against each other. Take out the ones that crisscross the canopy and therefore cut off the sunlight to the rest of the branches underneath. Then you're just going to reduce the size of it because what we're trying to encourage roses to do is bloom a lot and stay about the same size that we expected. So, for example, if yours is five feet tall and blooms beautifully. When you, do, when you finish your pruning of the removal sort, now you're just going to lower the height. And at that point, you can take off as much as one-third of that shrub, but you may or may not want to. 
You will, however, want to take it evenly across the whole thing so that you're making a nice shape and giving it the opportunity to stimulate growth. We prune for several reasons. We prune, as I say, to keep the to keep the plant out of the doorway. That's one reason. But from the plant's point of view, it's a little bit more complicated. We're pruning to stimulate growth, to control size, and to direct that growth. So that's the other reason for shaping the shrub in a fairly rounded pattern. That'll make more opportunities for the flowers to come up and bloom and be pretty. You can then prune them again a little bit, not, not quite as much, a little bit out in the summertime when the flowering has continued to, for those that continue to flower through the summer. If you have a hybrid tea rose, however, and that's like Mr. Lincoln or, um, you know, the classics that you're, you're growing for a very thick cane to cut for your vase, that's a different process. That one, you're going to actually take everything off the canes, leave three, if there are three good strong ones, that's the best way to look at them, and take it down into about 18 to 24 inches of height. Those are going to be fertilized all the time. They're also going to be, um, really frankly, sprayed more often than the other roses will be. And they're going to give you the opportunity to have the, the really big, fat flowers that you're looking for for the vase. I have grown hybrid tea roses. I don't grow them because it's more trouble than I'm willing to go to. But I do grow a lot of shrub roses, and I enjoy them. And i got to tell you, they, they're pretty good cut flowers. They're not as good as hybrid teas, however. Thank you for asking that question, Sandy. I love that. Bill in Poplarville, let's go to the other end um, of, of our, our, listening, our listening focus, I'm going to call it, because it's not necessarily, you know, I have to say good morning to, you know, Tucson. I have to say good morning to Philadelphia. I have to say good morning to Santa Fe. But at any rate, um, Bill's in Poplarville, and he has mayhaw trees in pots. Should I try to plant them in the ground right now or leave them in the pots and wait until next year? It really goes down to how big they are. If a, uh, if a container is as big as a one-gallon pot and the tree is two feet tall, I say plant it now. But if it is in a four-inch pot and it's six inches tall, at my house, or most people's, I should say, not just mine, most places, that's too vulnerable. It'll get eaten or stepped on or driven over or string trimmed or any of those other things that can hurt it. So if it's a really small tree, I would keep it until planting in late fall. But if you've got a good-sized tree going and or if they're going to be in a group so that you can protect the whole group, I'm so, I say go right ahead. This is the perfect time for that kind of transplanting. Let's see. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> John says he saw a map that has us in the extreme drought color zone um, on the national map. Yes, I saw that, too. That's why we have all kind of don't burn anything. All right. Don't even light your fire pit if it's under a tree. All right. Be careful. Um, he says, hope we don't catch all the way up next week. Well, truly, we don't. That, and that has really been sort of, unfortunately, our pattern of feast or famine. And that's. You know, that's that's why we grow the toughest plants that there are in this part of the world. They have to put up with everything. And unfortunately, we give them everything to put up with. Uh, Roland Brown, the author of the Rose Lover's Guide, said that I don't know whether nice people tend to grow roses or whether growing roses makes people nice. But I do agree. Even if you're not that fond of them, one or two shrub roses in your garden makes a difference. It improves um, sometimes the fragrance, but certainly it improves the looks of a shrub bed and can also be something that turns out to be a destination. 
Um, you might put two or three shrub roses at the far back end of the garden at the end of the path, you know, and you don't even pay attention to them except when it's time to prune them in February and then go back and look at them and enjoy them. Beautiful photo, too, by the way, John. Thank you. He's uh, always sending us gorgeous stuff. Uh, the extreme drought predictions and stuff, or not predictions, but measurements and stuff do come directly from the satellites. And we we see so much more in satellites now than we were able to even 10 years ago that it's, it's wonderful to be able to have this and to understand by not only where the weather is coming from, but what the impact is. Um, some of the photographs that I have seen, sadly, from parts of the West where the drought is it's ongoing and then it relents for a moment, but that it, it is actually never quite over. And the landscape is just fundamentally changed. Um, on the sad side, it's a beautiful Pacific coast. I hate to see all that stuff dry up. Um, on the good news, you know, all of us here along the Gulf Coast are probably going to have higher property values in a few years when they have to get out of there. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Well, you know, so one of the things that's happened is so many things going on. My goodness gracious. I um, I have to bring you this because... Well, you'd, you would be disappointed when you heard about it next week from somebody else and you said, why didn't she mention that? Um, Frontiers in Psychology is not a journal that I read, but wandering around in, in some of my um, other Android stuff and also, of course, in Science Daily, I, I have learned about uh, Nikola. No, not Nikola Tesla, but I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't have something to do with how this uh, this thing got its name. Um Nikola is an emotional android robot. Yes, that does sound like an oxymoron, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not the right word. But Nikola conveys successfully six basic emotions with a face thing. Um, how do you put muscles in Nikola's face? I don't know. I, this is not about the building of it. This is about the research done now that they have discovered that they now have the first time a quality of Android expressed emotion to test and to verify for over six months. Happiness, sadness, fear, anger, surprise, and disgust. You can say a lot, you know, with happiness, sadness, fear, anger, surprise, and disgust. Let's face it, there's a lot. That's a lot of emotions right there. Interestingly, um, the reason that I was so intrigued by this, I have a constant search on for Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons, and she's actually mentioned in this story. <laughs> well, it's not a story, it's a report. But um, needless to say, we, these are not going to be, Nicola's not going to be in my house ironing my clothes anytime soon, much to my regret. But they have found several different opportunities to then turn around and look at people. And understanding the way these muscles work in the, the quote-unquote muscles work in, in the Android is helping them to, for example, teach people how to get back a smile if they have lost, the if there's been a, a Bell's palsy or if there's been a stroke or there's been something that's taken that ability away. Um, there, there, there's a lot of reasons. And quite frankly, I think if we can use Nicola to show people, not just children, but certainly certainly children, but also people, that we really do have these emotions reflected in our faces, people might find it more, people might get more perceptive. If you could practice understanding what disgust looks like from a robot, you might not feel as bad, you know, 
<laughs> as you'd have to wait for your grandmother to look at you with that disgusted look when you do something she doesn't like. Oh, I don't know, like get a tattoo. But the um, the the issues always are what can what application can this make to people? And I think having these emotions quite so graphically illustrated is not a bad thing. So say hello to Nicola. Pretty fun. Meanwhile, there's also a study about what's going on in the baby's eyes, a real live human baby. Okay. Um, there, I don't know how you measure this, and I'm still not sure how to how to even think about it. But they studied the gaze of more than a hundred infants. Good grief! <laughs> I'm sorry. Good grief! But what they have found is that by the age of four months, babies can assign objects that they've never seen before to whether they are animate or inanimate. In other words, whether they're alive or not, whether they're happening or whether they're something static. I don't know how they measured this, but I'm, we, we know that babies are smart. We know that, that there, there's a lot of thought that says that, you know, babies get here and just have to figure out how to live in this body on this earth because that's the hardest part. Their brains are actually pretty far along anyway. But later on, um, around a year and, and a little more, the more refined categories emerge and pretty much stay in terms of organizing these objects. So that's, I think that's really amazing. Um, for example, children in that age range automatically would know a tribble from a person. That, you know, that the person was a person and the tribble was, well, a tribble. Um, for those of you who don't know what tribbles are, you should. <laughs> that's all I can tell you about that. Actually, the truth of the matter is... Um, I was reminded of Tribbles because that's actually the name that has been given to things that are on top of winter hats, like pom-poms or, or crocheted stars or something that, that help to keep your head extra warm. But the trouble with Tribbles, of course, is a Star Trek episode that may be the most famous one ever shot. I know, you can argue with me about that, but Lucinda won't. Come on, y'all, let's get right. This is Weekend Gardening. Mississippi. It's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our healthcare workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MS Propane. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. 
Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. It's that time of year when love is in the air and you just crave something sweet. Valentine's Day. Uh, wrong! It's Mazda of Jackson's Sweet Deal Sales Event. That's right, all February. We're giving you the sweetest deals possible on our entire selection of Mazdas. Right now, get 0.9% financing on every 2022 Mazda in stock. That's right, 0.9% APR, which will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get 750 finance cash and 0.9% APR on Mazda CX-9s. And Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. In 2022, we're saying farewell to old credit issues and looking forward to your future. Our staff is ready to get you approved today. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring us your trade. We'll give you top dollar for it. So come scoop up your sweet deal before it's too late at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for details with pre-critical select models. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. Get the most out of your tax refund with a new set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center, Jackson's proudest community sponsor with four convenient locations to serve you. Along with our great prices, your new Kenda tires come with a kind of protection you can't find anywhere else, like free road hazard, free flat repair, free tire rotations and balancing, free inspections and more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com. Thank you for making weekend gardening part of your routine, I hope. If you're a first-time listener, that's a joy, too, of course. But lots of us have been trying to do better in our gardens, and we find that getting together and talking about it oftentimes can help. For example, on the CSPAR text line today, which is 601-879-4395, Lance says that uh, he's having, <laughs> whew, this is a tough one. Um, his azaleas have lost a lot of their leaves, but not quite all of them. They're only two years old, so he's wondering why 
what happened, and he says that he did spray them in the fall for azalea caterpillars. So if you had azalea caterpillars and you sprayed for them, the chances are really good that there was some defoliation going on. Um, and, and yes, that kind of stress can knock the rest of the leaves off, or a lot of them, not perhaps not all, but a lot of them off. My suggestion now for you and anybody else, frankly, that has azaleas, especially if they have had a caterpillar problem in the last year or even two, this is a really good time to plan for the horticultural oil spray that I talk about here a lot. This is the number one sustainable thing to do for shrubs and small trees, for example, that will help us with pest issues in the coming year. Now, what does that have? What does that involve doing? Well, I'm looking for a ready-to-use oil spray, but I haven't found one yet. So, if you know where one is, let me know the brand. Send it to me here on the text line, or you can always send it to me, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com, if it's during the week and you see it in a store someplace. But um, there's not really any problem with owning a small sprayer. Particularly a pump-up sprayer is handy for things, and it's especially handy for this. So the what are called all-seasons oils um, are oftentimes the name of it. That doesn't mean it actually is all-season in our part of the world, because the upper limit on the spray temperature is generally about 80 degrees. I recommend using them when the temperatures are consistently between 55 and 70 but I would like you to be closer to the 55 to 60 if you can, and that's what's coming up in most areas at least a couple of days this week and most weeks during our winters. So what are we doing this for? Well, the first step of integrated pest management, that is to say um, dealing with pests in a holistic way that, that does not just involve eek, it's a bug, I better kill it. it. It involves going out and seeing what you got. So you watch your garden, take that walk every day, even if it's through your house to the house plants, because believe me, some of them have pests too. And we get out there and look around and see what's going on. And eventually there's going to be some kind of a problem. But guess what? There may not be as big a problem if you will use an oil spray on the shrubs and trees in the winter because what you're doing is smothering pest eggs, smothering, frankly, any pests that happen to be there. And for example, on things like camellias, where the scale insects are at any moment going to start sending out their babies, it's a really good practice as well in that circumstance. You still have to watch for the crawlers, but you'll you'll have a better circumstance if you can have at least smothered some of the sources for that. And horticultural oil spray is the way to do it. All right, we can talk more about that if you need to. That's what I would do next, Lance. And then, frankly, only other thing I would do would be probably put some fresh mulch around them, and as soon as they start putting out leaves this spring, I would use an azalea camellia fertilizer on them. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ed, I, I, I can't tell you right off, but I can find out. <laughs> so... Jerry Palmer, if you're listening today, we have a question. Um, Ed wants to know what the roses were along the fence at the Colonial Country Club. I remember them, but I wouldn't guess the name of the variety. And since you planted them, please let us know. Somebody call Jerry. Wake him up. <laughs> Tell him we need info. Um, that's a Jackson thing. A lot of towns have places where we see something growing, and five years later, ten years later, we think, what was that? You know, and you go back and look. So, <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Yes, this, Lance, it's horticultural oil spray. You'll find it is under the name of, like, at the garden center or the co-op, under the name of something like all-seasons oil spray or 
something that sounds like that. So you know, um, multi-season or it never says winter oil spray because that's not what it is. But in in a lot of places, y'all are so fun. Um, and Ed, if you send me an email, I can find out the the name of which rose that was. So Mama on Air at Yahoo dot com. I can get in touch with him during the week. Okay. Now. I don't know if you have any ideas about this or not, but I am fascinated with space travel. It's not because I'm planning to go, but I do like to think about what's next, and I have read science fiction ever since I could read. I can, I mean, I literally can remember sitting up with a book of iRobot with the flashlight under the covers, okay? That's, that's how long I've been at this. And... From the University of Montreal has come research about squirrels that have a lot to teach us when it comes to our astronauts. I understand unmanned or unhumaned, unpersoned space travel is important. For me, it's still unmanned. But it, it is also important, I think, for humans to get there. So the whole thing about hibernation We've talked here about torpor before. We've talked about that the fugue state that animals go into. But by studying one variety, um, they, they've found a nitrogen salvage theory. They've confirmed it, I should say, that's been a theory since the 80s. What happens is that the, the hibernator, in this particular case, uh, the 13-lined ground squirrel, whichever one that is, uses a metabolic trick in their gut microbes to reprocess the nitrogen that would naturally be in their system to build back into new tissue proteins, okay? So one of the problems that we worry about with our astronauts, and the reason why studying the twins was, has been so important, um, is because of the loss of muscle mass in space travel. So if we can figure out something, to figure out a way to help them I don't know, be more like the squirrels, maybe that will help. How they avoid this um, you know, this, this whole thing of lo- losing muscle mass over time for one reason or another is pretty interesting stuff. And I like the idea that we're going to learn. It gives me a little more reason to not be quite as angry with all the squirrels in my garden. <laughs> so I'm going to try and think better of them because <laughs> they're helping us with space acclimation, perhaps. Um have you heard the thing about dog years being seven human years? Well, a one-year-old dog is basically like a seven-year-old child. In other words, it's a youngster, but it's going to grow up a little bit more. Um, by the time they get to be 11, they're like senior citizens, you know, 77, which even I am not quite yet. But it's not really that easy. That's what we have believed all this time. But Princeton University... Um, one of my favorites, has taken up the dog aging project beginning in 2018. And, oh, my goodness, they have studied tens of thousands of dogs of all kinds, all sorts. We have clear metrics for how humans age and age successfully and not so, but we don't have that for dogs. So that they're trying to find, for example, um, big dogs age faster. That's why that 10-year-old Labrador is 
probably 75 or 80 years old in human years, but a little tiny dog doesn't age so quickly, so maybe five times as much as human years. And what they're trying to do, of course, is to make these so that we have an open source data set that lets people understand what, what they're getting into when they're understanding their what what kind of dog they're getting and what the lifespan can be of that dog, because it's not always um, the same as my mother, your mother, your grandmother said, okay, we, we do learn stuff. And in this case, the dog aging product project is helping us a lot with both the longevity and all of the other pieces of that particular puzzle. I uh, was talking to someone this week about using horse manure in their garden and what all the, uh, I was listening to a person actually talk about this um, in, from a flower gardener in, in, up in Water Valley, and she was just so smart about what she was adding to and aging the composted horse manure and how valuable and how powerful it is. And I was thinking about that because there are a lot of horse people, and they're all more usually more than happy for you to come and take out some of theirs if they don't happen to be farmers or, or big gardeners. There's almost always a source of that manure. You do have to compost it. It does have to be mixed with other elements. And occasionally you're going to want to test just so you know exactly what level of nitrogen and so forth is coming into your garden. But also you're going to want to test the manures themselves along the way too. But in terms of the opportunity to use those resources, I don't think we do that enough, and we should um, get get to be friends with the people near you that ride horses. But guess what else you can tell them about when you're take, striking up a conversation? Um, I've been amazed, not amazed. I've been intrigued by the commercials that are running both on on radio and on online, probably on TV too. But um, that that the person has has fallen down a ravine and they're not answering their watch and so the watch sends the latitude and longitude to the the authorities to say there's a person here that isn't responding i think that's really cool um there's been some work in that sort of work for the for people who tend to wander off not not like toddlers you still have to keep an eye on your toddler and you still have to keep an eye on grandma too but for for people who who do tend to wander it's wonderful to have that opportunity for you to find them more quickly than you would, and certainly in a better circumstance. Well, the American Chemical Society wants you to know that it's not just that. Riders also fall, horseback riders, and this is now a prototype smart saddle. It's not only going to help you sit the horse better, and that is the right expression, we sit a horse, okay. Sounds funny, but it's the way it's, way it's said. And it is a self-powered saddle that will, in turn, alert somebody if you are if you fall and are, are unresponsive. So I, it's a really very exciting piece of technology to put to work. There are a lot of things that once you learn how to do it properly, it's not nearly as hard as it was. If you've ever seen anybody get on a horse and watch them bounce up and down, you, you know they haven't ridden that horse very much. And they're also going to have a very long night, probably soaking in a hot tub somewhere because it's going to hurt. And there's uh, whether you're a kid or an adult, once you learn to to sit the horse and ride while the horse let the horse ride and you sit, then it's a much better thing. And this is supposed to help you do that. Um, lots and lots of associated associated things coming in to put this together, and 
The smart saddle also was able to detect the um, the whole process of posting, where you, you're, you're standing up and sitting down, so they didn't think you had fallen then. They were able to do some fairly subtle things. I really like that. I think it's a really good idea. Um, the self-powered smart saddle has a response time of 16 milliseconds. Good grief. I guess you could practice with it, too, and you'd, you would probably at some point be able to see, for example, if you were steeplechasing, um, why your horse was able to not take as long a stride over as you wanted. Maybe it's something that you're sitting and not doing right, because you have to work with the horse on that, you know. Pretty fun stuff. Very, very exciting. Uh, is there more than one rose named uh, president named after Abraham Lincoln? Well, no, but there are, and, it, and it's interesting, there, there are some that, have a climber that has been discovered within them and then that one is cultivated and it continues to climb so there would be a climbing this or that climbing fairy for example or a, 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 a Mr. Lincoln that is grown as a hybrid tea rose but if it's allowed to proliferate on its own yes it's going to form a big shrub like this person's did like like this um, anyway the, the, uh, the it's a good question and it's it's one that I just, yeah, they are sometimes both climbers and shrubs. It's interesting. <laughs> Roses are an interesting world all on their own. I do not claim to be a rosarian, nor do I play one on the radio. But the longer I grow roses, the more I enjoy their effect on me. I, I, I actually rebuilt a bed this week um, a little bit just because of that. University of California, Irvine is letting us know that... Um, all the things we're studying in our brains, we understand now that, that we've got specific paths that we're able to understand and able to see. And to me, that's just so exciting. We now understand how your brain works when you're in the middle of a conversation and how, what the, how the next thought forms. It is possible, of course, that that will help us to understand when we need to stop interrupting each other and when, we, and when it's a good idea. If you've ever, sometimes I think we continue the conversation just so it doesn't stop. You know, in other words, there may not be anything else to say, but that's how the, how we do that. But this is a new one, an, another piece um, about how your brain organizes memories across time. There's another study out this week that lets us know that, um, rather was last week, that told us so many people have memories and things stuck in their brain. That's why we don't necessarily remember what we're trying to remember, because there's too many files between us and that particular fact. So if we can understand more about how the mechanisms are actually organizing these things, I might have a better file system. Hmm. Something to think about. Oh, yeah. Fluent Spanish. Thank you, Mr. Wonder. Appreciate you. This is Weekend Gardening. Everybody's got a thing But some don't know how to handle it Always reaching out in vain Just taking the things not worth having But don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. 
That's right, now you can play Wheel of Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second-chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. What makes Canon Nissan a great dealership? That's easy. Great products, great sales team, and great service. With the largest parts department in the state. This is Dave Logan. Canon Nissan's service department is open six days a week. No appointment is needed. We have two master techs, and we'll do oil changes on most makes and models. Right now, buy three tires and get the fourth one for a dollar. Plus the friendly professional service you've come to expect from Canon Nissan of Jackson. Nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. Are you wasting money on a timeshare you rarely use? Cancel it with Titan Exit Group. Get a free consultation and see how they can stop the never-ending maintenance fees and mortgage payments. In fact, if your timeshare contract is not terminated, you owe nothing, so you have nothing to lose. But those monthly fees get legally released from your timeshare, 100% guaranteed. Call now for your free consultation at 800-200-0894. 800-200-0894. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com. In my backyard, a little hoeing, a little mowing, but the work ain't hard. It's the cutest little place that you ever did see. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. I got 
butterfly, birds, and bees, and heck, I got a compost pile that's up to my neck. I planted strawberries, corn, okra, and beans. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. Yes, indeed. I will be up to my neck when I get all of these leaves. It's going to be a long... I usually say that the the, the trees in my back garden make... Um, about a pile the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. However, this year there's more. It's going to be a couple of Volkswagen Beetles back there. It's wearing me out. But the good news is there'll be plenty of compost for the next several years without any problem from that. An update for you um, from our friends at Delta Blues Rice. I, I got to tell you, this is this only happening until uh, tomorrow night, and they sent me an email, so I'm telling you because I want all y'all to get into this product. My goodness, their their whole line of stuff is wonderful. Um, you know that I'm crazy about their brown rice, but if you're not a brown rice person, don't worry, that's not all they do. They're having a 15% off sale from now um, until midnight tomorrow night. They're also offering a couple of really great deals on shipping, depending on how much you buy. So by all means, get yourself over to Delta Blues Rice, and please um, help, help, help me get the word out about this wonderful Mississippi business. Um, they're, the, the, the Arians, I've never met them. I'm, I just love their stuff, and they're kind enough to be nice to me. So it's a, a super-duper product. Y'all, I'm. I just have to wax poetic. I'm waiting one day that's gonna it's gonna pop up on Chopped, you know, because this stuff is that good. But the uh, the 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 brown rice grits are a, a revelation. It's a different thing entirely. But and, and I'm telling you, if you don't like brown, go ahead. It's, there's plenty of white. But I'm brown rice and brown rice grits are very difficult products to get properly, and they they do it perfect for me at Delta Blues Rice. All right, now if you got room. And you do have to have some room for this one. This is another really good choice um, for both shade and productivity. How about a couple of pecan trees? What do you say? There are the, the thing about um, the really the thing about pecan trees, of course, is that they are naturally alternate bearing. That is, this year will be a great crop, for example, or next and next year won't, or vice versa. But we do have a little bit better luck these years because we fertilize and, and cultivate the trees. However, even if a pecan tree doesn't make any nuts, you're going to end up with wonderful leaves for the compost pile because they're thin and they, decom- they, they decompose rapidly and magnificent shade. But if you want to try for the nuts, look for Elliot. Look for Cheyenne. Look for Candy. They're not new. They're old varieties, but they, they're ones that, that we do see in the trade more often than some others, and I wish that you would enjoy them. Laura's in Flora on the um, uh, on the ceasefire text line with a good question. When can I prune a vintage jade plant to make it fuller? Well, if it's growing in, it's indoors because it's a tropical plant, and if it is, if it has any branches on it that are where there's like more than an inch between um, the the leaves and the leaves look healthy, it's in too little light to start with. But if the if you're if you've got if it's just overgrown for its container, you can take tip cuttings. You can take just literally two sets of leaves, the top, and then go back down one more and cut down to the third set and root those. But you can do that right now. You you don't want to do that the day before you're going to set it outside because then you've 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 basically denuded it <laughs> on the top and it'll be vulnerable to both cold as well as too much sunshine. But if you'll do it now, then you can keep it indoors and help it to recover. And as I say, you can root all these things. <laughs> so why not, huh? That is a beautiful plant. I'm I'm a jade plant person. I like them. I think they're lovely. 
I have to tell you, though, that I had never seen them in bloom until I was a full-grown person. And all my relatives had jade plants in their houses when I was a child, but it was just a green blob over in the corner that was real shiny and looked okay. Um, when I had a chance to see them in the ground in an environment where they were they were not going to be damaged by cold weather, and they grew they were like three feet tall and covered in the most beautiful star-shaped flowers. And what I've learned since then is that older jade plants in bright light will bloom when they get to be very old, but we tend to repot them and we tend to fertilize them a lot and we tend to do all this other stuff to them. If we would just kind of leave them alone a little bit, we would have more success with that particular part um, of the business. Let's see. Um, we have time. Can we talk to John? Hey, John. Welcome in from Florence. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Garden Mama. Howdy. Uh, I sprayed my garden spot with Roundup about three weeks ago. And now my wife decides she, she wants to have a soil sample before we plant. Mm-hmm. How long should I wait before I take a soil sample? Oh, you can, you can go ahead and do that. It's two different things. Okay, great. They're not going to measure for the level of glyphosate in your in your soil sample unless you go somewhere that will do that for you, and um, it's it's that doesn't it's not going to affect the the nutrient levels of your various and sundry things that are in there. What are y'all planting? Squash, uh, uh, yellow squash, zucchini, and okra. Oh, fun. That's going to be nice. Yeah, go ahead and get that soil test done now because you're going to want to, if you need to, lime or if you need to add some other nutrients to it, you're going to want to do that before you plant. And believe it or not, we're rolling towards the end of February in a real hurry. It's going to be spring before we know it. <laughs> yes. And tell your wife she's smart. You should tell her that anyway every day, but tell her that for me. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> Fun stuff. Um Oh, Vintage Jade Distillium. Okay, well, I'm, I'll get to that. Let me get to Bubba. Okay. Um, oh, Bubba in Columbus is building raised beds. What a beautiful picture, by the way. You didn't send that to me, but that's gorgeous. Um, Bubba's in Starkville. Bubba's in Columbus. Okay, we'll talk about raised beds coming up in the next hour because we're about to slip out of here in just a couple of minutes, and I want to give them full um, full tilt, as it were. And I'll, do, I'll get you. Okay, Vintage Jade Distillium. You're going to need to wait and prune that. Um, which is a shrub, which is outdoors, you will need to prune the distillium a little bit later than right now. In other words, we try to catch ligustrums and distilliums and, and even photinias and, and all of that sort of stuff, pittosporums. We want to catch them as the new growth would be starting, and it's a little bit early for that. Uh, and I'm going to wait in, in 7B. I'm going to wait until... Um, well, no, you're in Flora. You're in, you're in eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably wait at least until the first part of March, and I'll say that, and it'll turn around and be hot then and cold the next week. But that's why we just have to watch the weather. We can't always do it. What is the latest that crepe myrtles can be trimmed? Well, you can trim off old flowers during the growing season, but as far as winter pruning is concerned. We're getting towards the end of it. If you go out and find that yours has not begun to swell along the stems, it's okay to go ahead and prune it. But once it has broken dormancy, it's it's really kind of a roll of the dice as to whether or not you will interrupt the growth pattern. So go ahead and do it if it has not begun to sprout yet or begun to swell up its its buds. Real important not to over not to push things like that. I do love that distillium. That's a beautiful plant. And 
I'm not sure why we don't grow more of them. I, I think that might be. I'll see if I can, anybody got an opinion on that. Somebody may have an opinion about that. And also an opinion about what else I'm going to tell you, which is if you've got ferns that are sitting in the uh, garage in a pot from last year and they're all browned out, but you've had them, you know, a little bit of protection but not much, go ahead and take them out today. Cut them back. Give them some fertilizer. Let's get them ready for the porch. It's, it's coming along. <laughs> it is really coming along. Yeah, it, it didn't take the ice very long to melt off my truck this morning, I'm happy to say, and there won't be any more for about a week. So get out your raincoat, get out your boots, get out in the garden. See you in a minute. This is Weekend Gardening. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
The Mississippi Department of Agriculture revoked Express Grain's warehouse licenses earlier this month, possibly setting up a battle over who owns the crops still stored in the company's facilities. Ag Commissioner Andy Gibson held a hearing into possibly fraudulent activity by the company just months before it filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They're accused of submitting a doctored audit as part of their application for renewal of licenses. Over 200 farmers in the Mississippi Delta delivered grain, but still haven't been paid. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith told us there are federal farm bill programs that can be implemented to help these families out. We are trying to do everything we can possibly do to to identify some help and relief for them. But we're going to have to let this court process, you know, continue on as well. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Attorney General Lynn Fitch is joining 17 other state attorneys general in filing an amicus brief in support of Georgia's challenge against the Biden administration mandate that employees of federal contractors and subcontractors be vaccinated. But what you're really seeing is this enormous abuse of the administration's statutory authority. They are really overreaching every time that they can. And realistically, what they're trying to do is use this regulatory authority to reach universal vaccination. In the Georgia case, a district court judge stayed implementation of the mandate nationwide. The U.S. Department of Justice appealed. Aspiring teachers that want to pursue a graduate degree in elementary and special education can apply to the state's teacher resident program. Close to $10 million in grants has been awarded to five universities. Delta State, Jackson State, Mississippi State, University of Southern Mississippi, and William Carey. A deadline to apply is March 15th. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference basketball action actually began last night when Mississippi State took on Missouri in a game that was rescheduled from today to last night. Mississippi State defeated Missouri 68-49 last night in the first game of a weekend series between the two. They'll play again on Sunday night when Mississippi State travels to Missouri with a 6.30 airtime on Sunday night in the MSU Basketball Network. SEC basketball action today finds Ole Miss at Georgia. That's a 12 noon tip off there, 11.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network. Other action in the SEC today, Alabama is at Kentucky. Auburn is at Florida. LSU is at South Carolina. Tennessee is at Arkansas. And Texas A&M is at Vanderbilt. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our healthcare workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. Season opening baseball action on Friday saw Mississippi State, the national champions, take on Long Beach State in Starkville. The game was scoreless for the first six innings, but then Long Beach hit a homer in the top of the seventh inning over starter Landon Sims for the Bulldogs. Landon Sims was hit with a loss, but he struck out 13 batters in the process. Three to nothing, Long Beach over Mississippi State on Friday. Game two is today with a two o'clock first pitch, 1:30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. They'll play again game three on Sunday. Ole Miss then took on Charleston Southern. The Rebels scored in the first, in the second, and the third, and went on to win nine to three over Charleston Southern. They'll play again today and then on Sunday with a 1.30 first pitch, 1 o'clock airtime Sunday on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Southern Miss was a winner in their opener over North Alabama 8-1. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, uh, thank you for the text. Yes, I uh, <laughs> I did get a haircut. You notice that it, the pandemic's not over, friends, but indeed, I did get a haircut. <laughs> So that's real. Thank you for noticing. That's very kind of you. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This is the place where we talk about whatever's going on or not going on that we wish was going on and some things that we wish were not going on in the green part of the world, in our gardens, vegetables, herbs, flowers, trees, shrubs, tomatoes, potatoes, you name it. And yeah, by the way, this is time to plant potatoes. If you want to talk about that, we can. Had a, a text in from Bubba in Columbus in the last, the end of the last hour and I asked him to hang on to talk about building raised beds which of course you know I, I could have served that up to him but I didn't even have to pay for it that's one of my very favorite topics and at this time of year it's an ideal time to be getting ready for the next round in gardening that you plan to do whether you are in whether you're gardening like I am on top of the hard pan um, which is to say the layer of soil that is underneath the soil that is so hard that six inches down you need a pickaxe to get through it 
or whether you're gardening in soil that stays wet all the time, or whether you're gardening in soil that, frankly, stays dry all the time, or whether you're gardening in soil that you would like to have a little bit better access to and separate more from the rest of the garden. For example, a raised bed with benches around the edges of it so you can sit on it to tend your garden. Those are all reasons to build raised beds that make great sense. Now, the way I like to raise, make a raised bed is a little bit different from some of the suggestions you will get. You will see products where you basically are just buying a box, putting it on top of the ground, and filling it up with soil and growing in it. That can work. Those might be made out of wood. They might be made out of a fabric material. That, that can work. But I find that the soils in the Deep South, where we are, are really very mineral rich. And that is to say they're full of things that we would have to otherwise add to the soils to make them grow as well in our difficult environment as we want. We also have the issue that sometimes things root more deeply here than they do other places because we have better growing conditions. So, for example, if you have a six-inch deep raised bed, but it's only six inches and it's on top of your soil, your tomatoes might want more than that. So you won't be able to grow as many in that space if you end up having to let their roots entangle each other or have enough space to be separate. So, I start with the soil that's already there, whatever it is. If you're not sure, if it hasn't grown anything, you know, a sunny site should be able to grow some kind of weeds on a soil. If that's not the case, you'll want to do a soil test and find out how come nothing at all will grow there. But, for the most part, you can turn over a shovel's depth of that soil. Then top that with about six inches of mixed organic matters. If your soil is... For example, very, very sandy, um, like my friends in Pascagoula talked to me about, they add more compost, and then they put in maybe a little bit of finely ground bark, maybe some soil conditioner, maybe some, some you know, a, a bigger particles, in other words, is what you're trying to get, as well as smaller ones, because the sand needs a combination just like everything else does. In Columbus, I'm going to guess that that shovel's depth of soil is going to be pretty decent, but at the same time, we're going to put on four to six inches of organic matters, whether it is an inch of manure and then an inch of ground bark and then an inch of a soil conditioner, or you might have some sharp sand. You might put all of that in. What you're trying to do is increase the ability of your plants to grow into the soil below them by starting them out with a mixed environment. So you pile all that stuff up. Turn it over once and then put the edges around it, the borders around it if you want to, or just shape it into a mound and you'll be able to plant in just a couple of weeks, a few weeks, ideally three or four weeks, but you'll be able to plant sooner than that if you want to. Um, that's This is where I'm going to be a little bit different. If I'm going to grow vegetables, I'm also going to include a layer of lime in this mix of organic materials that I'm adding to the bed for drainage and for soil conditioning. If I'm growing blueberries or camellias or azaleas or hollies or gardenias, I'm not because they're desirous for a much more acid soil than the other things in that we that we might be growing. Bubba, if you have any more questions about that, let me know because I'll be happy to help you. It is one of my very favorite topics. I appreciate you. Um, Corinne's writing in lovely, lovely perennial bed, large variety planted over the years. The soil needs some help, but how do you add the amendments? So should I just put the decomposing leaves in my yard on top and then add, add bags of organic garden soil and compost and bark on top? I, I'm going to tell you to be a little bit, I'm going I'm to encourage you to do a little bit less at a time. 
Um, when you have an established bed, yes, it's a real good idea to work compost in around those individual plants. And then as they grow, of course, after three or four or five years, you will have to take them up and dig and divide them. That's the time to rework the soil below them if it needs it. In other words, if it's turned into mud underneath or if it, 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 it has found the hard pan, sometimes that happens, then that's the time to rework that. Um, I'm not even... I, Bags of organic garden soil can be helpful as long as you're using them, yes, along with other things. Bags of organic garden soil tend to be a little bit heavier, and our soils in this part of the world tend to be a little heavier anyway. So you do need something with a larger particle like ground soil conditioners or ground barks. Those are the name of two products that I really like from Phillips Bark Processing, of course, here in our state. Um, they, they they have just about everything I'm, I'm looking for. Okay. Um, of course not. I did not, Ken. I don't know what you're hearing, but it ain't me. So <laughs> thank you for that. Anyway, you do want to teach your grandchildren about compost and about chicken manures and about soil conditioners and all of those things. And it could be horse manure. It could be any of those things. But not cats, not dogs, and not people. So there you are. We can talk about millorganite another day if you want to. A study from the University of York is giving us uh, some really incredible, uh, we knew this was true, but we didn't want to know, and now we know more than we wanted to know. How about that? In, interesting work. Um, they, this is, how do you do this? How do you, how do you even get people to study more than 250 rivers, first of all? That's a lot of work. And indeed, looking at the potentially toxic levels of some pharmaceuticals, and other things in in our in our rivers, they measured um, everybody from the Thames River to the Amazon in Brazil. They measured the Mississippi River. They measured um, rivers in Sub-Saharan Africa, not the Nile, but another one. And they what they found was that the highest levels of pharmaceutical waste that are making it to the water come in the form of um, carbamazine and metformin, and our friend caffeine. Yep, that's right. All of these things are there. Now, some of that's very difficult. Um, the, some of these places have never been monitored at all for any kind of pharmaceutical pollution or any other kind of pollution, rather. But what they're working on, of course, is the trying to figure out where to go so they can in, that can inform the manufacturers as to how to make the product so that they do not have this persistence in our water supply. More than a quarter of the sites contained contaminants at potentially harmful concentrations and that in turn that of course is where they begin their work um there were the 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 lowest the start let me try and get this right the strongest links between socioeconomic status of a country and higher pollution of pharmaceuticals as you could imagine goes directly towards higher socioeconomic status and higher pollution because those people have more access to to pharmaceuticals that would be us but the Mississippi's not higher than the Thames, for example, in terms of what they have measured. Pretty interesting stuff. If you have uh, not ever considered this, you might want to look out at your lawn. You might be having henbit blooming. You might be um, seeing Amsonia even in some places. There's just no telling the winter weeds, as they call them, or the winter meadow can be really attractive. It's also a delight for the pollinators. But 
if it's taking up more than half your lawn, you need to consider that your lawn may not be in the greatest shape to grow lawn if it's actually growing more of these other plants. So first thing to do is to look out there and say, isn't that nice? I think I'll leave a little patch over here for the pollinators and mow the rest of it down before those seed heads have an opportunity to set more seeds, because that's where the it, that's how the issue proceeds, of course. And then you need to consider some applications, perhaps, of preventive herbicide, that is to say weed killer that you put on six months in advance of when you expect to see the weeds. That You might want to consider that, too. But even more importantly, you will want to consider whether your lawn is in good enough shape to grow itself out of these weeds. And that, of course, goes to its drainage, the pH of its soil, the amount of thatch underneath it. Um, they always say that if you walk on your lawn and it squishes, you know, it's like walking on a, on, on a, some sort of um, foam rubber or something, you better look underneath because what you may find is that you've got an inch of green grass blade and then another inch or inch and a half of brown thatch underneath it before you ever get to the soil surface. That makes a great stress on the lawn grass because it can't get water, it can't get fertilizer, everything's going into the thatch. So consider that if you've, if you've had issues with it. And if you haven't, but you don't like the look of that lawn with a, little, with a few flowers blooming out on it, consider the pollinators and, and really try not to tear up their world too very, very much. Okay? Okay. I have been intrigued by a couple of comments. Um, I said I was still planting daffodil bulbs the other week, last week or the week before, and no, I didn't get them all in the ground even yet. But someone sent a note to mama on air at yahoo.com and basically blessed me out for telling anybody to plant bulbs other than October and November. I, I, I don't, I didn't respond. So I'm going to respond here to the extent that I will say a bulb is going to survive. A bulb that should have been planted in October is going to have a better future life in the ground than it is in your drawer or in, or, or in, in my case, in a bag by the back door. Okay, so that's really the point of view here. I understand how bulbs grow. Thank you for the tutorial. I appreciate it. But the point is, if you've still got those bulbs, you should get them in the ground. And I'm trying. I'm doing the very best that I can. But there's an awful lot of them and fewer of me. Um, this is not true of the tulips that you got for Valentine's Day. They are very unlikely to rebloom and would be best treated as compost. That's right. I said it. They're compost. So make a compost pile if you don't have one. Or just be aware that if you do put them out in the garden, they do not work like Easter lilies. They do not work like even like narcissus and daffodils, which will take a little while to get reorganized, but generally speaking, can bloom again in a, few, in a year, if not in two years. Okay? Why not? I was happy to read about um, the new breakthroughs in desalinization. I am one of those people that the first time I looked at an ocean said, wow. There's a lot of salt out there. <laughs> and, of course, we understand that that has become a very prized industry uh, over the last maybe decade or so. But we're still not making drinking water, potable water, fresh water out of salt water as much as we should, in my opinion, and a lot of other people. It's not just me. Um, 
now that we have moved into, thank goodness, you know, they talk about what are you, what are you going to learn at at a, at a particular university? What do you what is what is it good for? What, why can't I just go earn a living? You absolutely can, and I don't think that that frankly, I don't think university is for everybody because it can be stultifying at times to have to go through all that. It, I, you know that I became a horticulture major because if I had to write one more paper about a dead poet, I was going to die right there in the library. I loved the romantic poets don't get me wrong i loved all of that and i still have a lot of it you know that i carry around with me that's part of who makes me who i am but i knew i couldn't do that forever and what i could do forever was grow plants and fortunately get the opportunity to talk about them but when we talk about solar power we we oftentimes just see this big huge array it's like um oh well you know you'd have to have a college degree to set that up well no actually you don't you just need somebody that's technically savvy enough to know where it has to go and what what place it needs to be in and sometimes that goes to my favorite problem solvers the engineers okay so massachusetts institute of technology is not strictly an engineering school by any means but they are it's like Georgia Tech, you know, that's what you think about. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a heck of an engineer. See, I said the right word, but they don't say that. They say the other one, but that's OK. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. But when we talk about solar, we think about much major things. I don't know why there's not solar panels on my roof, because there's certainly enough sunlight. But there was never a program that I could qualify for that would allow me to afford it. Well, now we're moving towards passive solar for desalinization. That could make a change worldwide in both the quality of the water and also the quality of our health. But it could be just as important for those of us who want to see rainwater captures. We're just talking about drought, you know. When we have a drought, we really do need to be able to capture what little water we have and to be able to use the reserves of what fell sooner. But if we can't treat it, if we can't use it, if we can't, in many cases, desalinate it, and in some cases it's desalinization, sometimes it's just the cleaning of the water from whatever it has fallen from the sky. You know, we, do, we don't have acid rain the way we used to, but we do still have pollutants that fall out of the sky in the rain. So there's some of that. But this is mostly just a big breakthrough in, the, in changing the way that we look at it. It's really important. Nature Communications is where you would like to um, read more and more about this. But high-performing, salt-rejecting, solar-based evaporation design. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> um, let's see. Gary is from Oxford and wants to know when is the best time of year to drench a crepe myrtle. I'm going to – I can't really presume what you're drenching it for, but I'm going to think that it's because it has had crepe myrtle scale or some other form of insect problems. It really does depend on when you did it before and what product you're using, because some of them are every six months, some of them are once a year, and that would be, you know, certainly you would want to get the product into the system of the tree when you're going to use that sort of thing at the point where they start growing. So I would look at the product that you're using and see what direction it gives you. There, there's not a, I don't believe there's a temperature requirement on any of that, but I do think there is a timing based on the growth of the tree and certainly based on when the last time was that, that you drenched it. But if you want to drench it with something else, let me know. Um, Mike and Batesville says, oh yeah, that's a good one. I'll talk about that when we get back from this. This is... She said, that ain't no way to help. 
I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death Open up the window, let me catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said that ain't no way to have fun Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. Tax refund? Spend it on something you really need. A set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. With each and every Gateway Tire purchase comes free flat repairs, free rotations, free road hazard, and free tire balancing. Plus, with four locations near you, we'll make sure you and your new Kenda tires are back on the road fast. If you need mechanical repairs, visit your Jackson or Yazoo City Gateway Tire for brake work, AC tune-up, suspension service, and so much more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com. 
Attention! If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade. Okay, don't ask me who my favorite beetle is. There's not an answer. I have my, I have my unfavorite beetle, but that's different. <laughs> anyway, that's Ringo Starr. In case you don't don't, in case you happen to you know not not know the Beatles, um, if you're too young or you're too old, please go and, and get some, and you'll you'll appreciate the music. I feel confident. Bringo Star was on something or another this week and, and told the story, which I had forgotten about, going to Sardinia and uh, riding Octopus's garden because someone fed them octopus and they didn't like it. And he and his family, when they, his, his first wife was alive and their children were very, very young, and they um, the, the captain came out to talk to them about it, you know, and offer them something else to eat, probably. But told them about the habit of octopus that we know now and appreciate that that they gather things together on the on the surface uh, on the the bottom of the soil of the ocean the of the seafloor excuse me they pull in rocks and tin cans and whatever else it is and his expression was that they form sort of a garden and that was what led Ringo to write this song it was not that he had ever been scuba diving and probably still hasn't but it uh, it is one of those things that now that we know a whole lot more about the octopus uh, makes it even a sweeter, I think, sweeter song. Jody in Harrison County. Good morning. Welcome in. What's up? Hey, Miss Nelly. Howdy. Um, I was wondering if I spread potash in my vegetable garden, would that add essential elements to it? The trace elements, um, like wood ash that you that it, or or a product that you would buy, or what? I mean, in other words, potash okay. is sometimes formulated with other things in it, and sometimes it's not. Okay, well, this is uh, just, uh, I had a bunch of fallen trees in the storm, and I cut all the limbs off and turned the rest of it in the firewood, and I was going to burn the limbs. So I, have them, mm-hmm. I have them in the garden in a long row that I was going to burn it all at one time. Great idea. Ma'am? That's a great idea. Yeah, and I was going to spread that over the entire garden. And I'll tell you a little bit a little bit better. Let me introduce you to, if you burned it all the way down to ash, you would have potash. And certainly... 
half inch to an inch of potash across any surface where you're going to grow vegetables is fine. That's a great idea. But you also have the opportunity, because you've got all these branches in the garden, you can make biochar. And biochar is essentially where you burn that wood, but you you don't let it go all the way down. You burn it until it's black and looks like it would become charcoal eventually, and then you douse it. And then you work that into your soil. And you you have a lot it, it has a whole lot more minor elements, a whole lot more nutrients, and it brings a whole lot more of what was in the tree to your garden. So you might want to try uh, that. Well, that's a great idea. Thank you. Sure. That's what I need to know, Ms. Nelly. Sure thing. Thank you for asking. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day on my coast. <laughs> Everybody's got somewhere that they just they love and keep in their their mind and their heart. And for me it's the Gulf Coast. I I can't help it. Um Somebody wrote me last week and asked me, said I was talking about the coast. Did I remember the Markham Hotel? Well, of course I do. My mother took us there. We swam on the roof. (laughs) Anyway, just so funny. She knew everybody, so we got to go lots of places on the coast. Um, Yes, Ken is Ken's weighing in about microplastics and pollution, and he's absolutely right. I have no 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 question about all of that. Um, can you transplant roses now? Yes, you can. You do cut them back and, and do that first before you dig them up because it's a lot easier to move one that's been pruned. And don't forget, you can root a lot of those cuttings, too. So consider doing that if you would like more of any of these uh, roses that you're fooling with. It's also a great time to go shopping for some new ones. You may find them, for instance, in mail order, you may be getting bare root roses, but you may go to your local garden center and find that they've already potted them up for you and can keep keep that whole thing going. Um, I probably should talk more about biochar and stuff. I'll try and bring more information about that. But it's one of those things that um, it, it's one of those things that really makes a whole lot of sense. It's kind of like growing, planting black-eyed peas and, and then turning them under as opposed to some other cover crop. It has so much nutrient to it that you you really want to you really want to put it to work to let it build for you. I am uh, I'm I'm fascinated by transparent butterflies the, the the wings that are that just almost disappear when this is the, another one of my I don't really have a bucket list I don't I don't want to go in, any longer to the grove where this so, there's so many of these butterflies but I love seeing this in print and particularly in video because I'm 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 a I'm, I'm like everybody. I, I want to see what it is. I'm not seeing. You know, I want to look at it and be able to run it back and look at it again. And if I were to actually travel to these places, I use Machu Picchu as my example. I'm not going to see, but what I'm going to see. But if I can, if somebody else can go ahead of me and take the pictures, I would love to. I love being able to watch all of that. And the same thing is true about transparencies and butterflies. There are more of them than we knew. But there's also more to it, and if you've only if you if you only go one place, you're only going to see one. So, um, transparency in nature, as you might imagine, whether you're thinking about the transparency of the wings on some butterflies, or whether you're thinking about, you know, Harry Potter's cloak of invisibility, this is power. This this is a lot of power in being able to be invisible to those around you. And in fact, most of those transparent animals actually live in the ocean and look almost like water and move almost like it. So that's that's a different thing. But on land, it is difficult to achieve. But some of the Lepidoptera, both moths and butterflies, I always feel like I should be more accommodating and mention the moths because they're both Lepidoptera and they mostly work the same way. They just have different habits, okay? Um, there's actually a signal, and in addition to you can't see me so you can't eat me, 
there's also another layer of protection for the butterfly because it actually sends out a signal that warns the predator, this is toxic, don't, don't touch me, okay? I love this. This is a big study of Lepidoptera that's been going on, um, Marine Biological Laboratory working on this, but it's had to take in both all, all, the, all the disciplines, the physics, the biology, um, the ecology, and in fact, the evolution of this quality because they didn't always have it. And the ones that were able to develop the ability to get transparent were the ones that survived. Again, I don't know about Harry Potter, but it's possible that, the, that there, were, there are certainly places within that story where if he hadn't been invisible, well, you know, things might not have come out the same. And, in fact, that's the same is true for our beautiful, beautiful creatures. Um, you know, some leaves, some, some creatures look like leaves to, to distract the predators. Um, some mimic other things so that they don't look like themselves, they look like something else. And this kind of study is really important for us to understand how these things worked because sometimes, we understand now, sometimes the butterflies actually put on colors that the predator would consider toxic. So it's a whole circle of activity um, going on out there in nature. It's just ma- magnificent. Um, then there's mimicry rings, which is a whole other anyway. It's another thing for another topic for another day. <laughs> but the the fascination. It's not just superpower. It, it is. It's a superpower, but it's not just. Um, it, it, it's not just that. It's it's a it's an actual real thing that is being studied. And I'm happy to say, all the way from A to Z, there are in fact plenty of transparent butterflies and moths lepidoptera good question here from gene um that is still so pretty i love that snow picture that's not from today but that was a pretty picture what can you tell me about growing vegetables in large fabric grow pots okay a couple of things um they work really well in terms of because particularly because there's you can get them all the way up to 18 inches deep maybe even two feet deep and I have grown peppers and tomatoes in that gigantic one, the big deep one. I will tell you they're going to root through the bottom and into the ground. So if you don't want that to happen, you do need to put a surface underneath them, not because the the material will be um, it, it not because the material isn't strong, but because the roots are stronger. And many times it will get compromised, which makes it difficult then to take the planting down and can also damage the bottom of the the planter itself. So I would say give yourself the opportunity to decide maybe you need to put some gravel out and put it on top of that to make another layer to to keep the roots from damaging the bottom of it. But they work real well. The only thing I found was that in dry weather and as the summer heated up, I did have to water as often as I would have to water any other container which you wouldn't think when something's about four feet across and two feet deep you wouldn't think that it it was going to need as much water but because of those black sides it really does um literally dry out quicker all the way through the whole soil okay because that the black will absorb the heat so that's one of the issues with it i thought that could easily be solved by either putting a piece of fencing white fencing or something around it or just growing other plants outside of it in in other containers to help shade the side of the container itself. I found it to be really handy. Plus, when you get through, you can fold the whole thing up and take it with you. Uh, And that's a real handy, that's handy because it's a big space and it's one that is easy to set up and you can get growing in it quickly. I think it's particularly terrific for things like schools, you know, because we want to be able to have that warmer soil sooner. And that does help because that soil is going to warm up. And and it's a good idea. 
it's a good one to use in a, in those circumstances. But like I said, it gets hot in the summer, so be aware of that. I don't know that much about. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry, y'all are y'all are, y'all send the funniest texts sometimes. Um, right when I said octopus earlier, I thought about octopi, octopuses. Which way do we go? Is it hippopotami, hippopotamuses? It's hippopotamuses. Okay, octopus can either be can be either one. Technically, depends on who you're talking to and where they learn their English. But um, I have never heard a hippopotamus's call. You know, they do make noise. You go to the zoo, you see them. They make noise. But I've never heard it called the wheeze honk. And I love that. I have a whole new term to think about now. What does this sound like? And it is the one that is basically their call and response noise. They make it over the longest distance. It, it's That's how you, you know, is Mabel home, you know, kind of thing. Is Suzanne over there? And it and it's the, the hippopotamus calling to one another. I really love this. Now we know that they actually recognize each other's voices. They would know if it was Suzanne's voice, or they would know if it was Nellie's voice, or they would know if it was Daniel's voice, because they respond less aggressively to the calls of their neighbors than they do to the calls of a stranger. Now, this I mean, this can sound kind of crazy, but that's what they've been studying. And indeed, we're now able to understand that there's a whole lot more social life going on there than you might have thought. The study is being published in Current Biology if you want to um, read more about it. But, of course, this is one of those you, – you you have to feel like the, the hippopotamus community probably has their own Internet. Okay, let's face it. They're talking to one another one way or another, and they're saying, you know, these people, these humans came out here and recorded our calls and took them and listened and played them for other people. We didn't get a royalty. We didn't get any kind of music, you know, any money from that at all. Well, you know, I'm being a little bit silly, but that is how this works. They record the calls in one community, and then they take them and play them for the other community, and that's how they're able to determine that they're not as nice to strangers as they are to the ones in their own family. It's pretty neat. Um, They also have pretty unpleasant ways of marking their territory, which I will not go into. But they, when they heard the voices of hippopotamus that they did not recognize, they responded as if it had come upon them and was tearing up their house. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, oh, Jeff, you're, you're one on, on my th- – this is a good one. This is a good question. Jeff's in Forest County. We know he's a great gardener. Um, I go through a lot of pistachios. Do you think it makes a good mulch? I think anything can make a good mulch if it's ground up. Okay. Pecan shells, pistachio shells, walnut shells, all those things can be a com- a component of mulch or compost or even um, potting mix. For example, I've, I've known people that had so many pecans that they just that they were not edible pecans, but they made good shells. So they crushed the shells and used them as as a, an, an additive that way. I don't know how many pistachios you have to have to make you think about using them, but I would like to try because I'm a big fan of pistachios. <laughs> yes, they make a great mulch. They're just one organic component, and you do need to crush them up um, simply because otherwise you may find that they're being lifted and dug up by your squirrels just to see what else is in there, and that we don't we don't need that. <laughs> we certainly don't need that, for goodness sakes. One of the questions that came to me this week about the rose pruning business was, um, what if I don't get them pruned now? Well, 
The good news about roses is that they're probably going to grow anyway. And if you can't get out to prune them, don't go next month when they've just started to grow. And I think that was her concern was that she would get back to her house next month and could she prune them then. I told her no, that I would rather wait then until after the first flush of flowers could come on the plants. And then you can prune after that. There are a lot of things that can be pruned at least a little bit after that first bloom, and it will encourage and, in, and help the second bloom if they're capable of doing that. Not all roses can, but a lot of them can do that. Did you know that your brain can pick out one voice in a noisy crowd? Well, I did. That's how I could hear my kid yelling at me, you know, from a football game that down four rows and over to the side sitting with their cousins. I could still hear them. You probably can, too. There's a reason for that. We've got another bit of information for you today about uh, this whole drought question that's going on and what comes next. Still more phone calls, your texts. Let's jack it up. It's Weekend Gardening. The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. It's that time of year when love is in the air and you just crave something sweet. Valentine's Day. Wrong! It's Mazda of Jackson's Sweet Deal Sales Event. That's right, all February. We're giving you the sweetest deals possible on our entire selection of Mazdas. Right now, get 0.9% financing on every 2022 Mazda in stock. That's right, 0.9% APR, which will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get 750 finance cash and 0.9% APR on Mazda CX-9s. And Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. In 2022, we're saying farewell to old credit issues and looking forward to your future our staff is ready to get you approved today 100 credit approval is our number one goal bring us your trade we'll give you top dollar for it so come scoop up your sweet deal before it's too late at mazda of jackson where nobody walks away because everybody saves our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 i-55 frontage road north in jackson call 991-2222 today mazda of jackson.com see dealer for details with critical select models since 1920, many great beginnings in Mississippi have begun with a diamond from All Britain's Jewelers. Since then, we've changed in many ways, except in our commitment to our customers. Hi, I'm John All Britain. At All Britain's, we realize how important a diamond is to you. That's why our trained gemologist inspects every stone we sell. Whether you're buying your first diamond or celebrating your 25th anniversary, you can be confident of our quality and value. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britain's as their diamond store. 
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Every day, I see people in crisis. On the surface, they need a good meal. Deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. But we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org, helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. person who sent me an email this week and said, I know I've heard that song. It's a Booker T song. You play it on your show. I play a lot of Booker T. But you play it on the show and, and it has a really good rhythm like you could be driving down the highway. Well, I know that's time is tight. And that's what you were just listening to. Um, that's a fun fun thing to equate a song with is how well you can drive with it. And that, that's one of the particularly good ones. Had another question about the qu- difference between horticultural oil and dormant oil. Dormant oil is the one you spray only in the dormant season. Usually it's used on fruit trees. It is a much heavier oil and takes a much it's a much different product to work with and indeed most of us do not use that. If you spray that on your azalea it's not going to be a good thing. It's going to probably get on the leaves and burn them right off. But dormant oil is one thing. Horticultural oil is a different thing. Um, it is much more refined. That's why sometimes you'll find it listed as ultra-refined or highly refined horticultural oil. That doesn't mean that it's any any. It's it's still horticultural oil. It's not dormant oil, which is a different thing altogether. All right, all right. Um, if you are looking at getting ready for the fall for the spring vegetable garden, but you're not growing anything right now, maybe you've already dug in your ground cover. Maybe you're just looking out there at the weeds that you don't like. This is a really good time to get those weeds out of there and cover the whole business with black plastic if you want the soil to warm up faster. That doesn't hurt at all. It's a really good idea and one that will give you the opportunity maybe for a couple of weeks sooner planting um, in, in most areas. It's also true that this is a really good time both for the putting in and the taking out. We might be planting roses, we might be planting new shrubs, we might be transplanting those but it's also a really good time um, to do what I was doing this week which is to dig up, pull up, 
curse at and generally speaking get rid of things that you don't want for example cashmere bouquet coming up from the edge of my house ha- along the edge of my house i do leave a few of those plants they are it's a clearodendron it is it is not technically invasive because you can control it, but it does go wherever it wants if you don't control it. So it's one of those plants that is really vulnerable, though, to being removed from wet soil. So if you just take one little trowel and dig down there and yank it out, you'll get rid of that in a hurry. Obedient plant, if it has taken over your flower bed like it can do in some places, this is another case where it's not technically invasive because all you have to do is pull it up and then it is gone. So why not? You might want to keep some of them um you know but but you might also want to you just might want to compost them it depends on how you feel about it (laughs) if you if you want more if you got a plant swap coming up or something that like that you can certainly have plenty of things to use for that particular event we do love to um, hear other people talk about their plants what they grew what they found worked Um, And and sometimes the plant swap can be just the spot for that. If your neighborhood hasn't had one, I suggest you organize one. It's fun. Yeah, that one voice in the noisy crowd. um, I don't know exactly why we want to know about this, except that it's very important to get how our brain works. And this is part of the Journal of Neuroscience um, stuff. They used EEGs, that's electroencephagraph recordings, um, to found that people were paying attention to one thing, but they wanted them to pay attention to something else. So what they did was um, they were the, the the units of sound that can distinguish one word from the other are known as phenoms, uh, it, phonoms. I'm sorry, <laughs> phenoms. Oh, I'm back in linguistic class. But anyway, they're they're um, the, the 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 phonoms that are what you're hearing and you're not hearing the other. It's why you can talk in a large group of people a lot of the time and still understand what is being said to you very discreetly. It's a continuation of work being that was done in 2015 and I believe I talked about it then. It's a while ago. I've been around a long time though and I think I remember talking about it. But it was interesting the the unattended story, the one you didn't want to listen to and the one you did want to listen to get processed the same in your brain, but right after that it's when things change, and that, of course, is the conversion to, to the understanding about our phonemes. That is to say, the units of sound that distinguish one word from the other. That's part of what we understand when they say that um, babies, babies talk, babies hear this talk. We don't necessarily have to baby talk, but if we raise our pitch a little bit, you, they can understand it better. Or if we lower it a little bit, children that are misbehaving somehow seem to tune into it. I don't know what all that's about, but it's true, and they've done studies to prove it. So the findings suggest that um, although these things are processed similarly, we don't hear them the same because of the way our brains are able to distinguish between them. Ah, yes. Talking about the... Uh, uh, mm, I don't know what that was. I don't know what this chemical is. Gary's writing back to me about his crepe myrtle. And yes, indeed, it did have the, the unfortunate crepe myrtle bark scale. And it didn't ever bloom. And he drenched it with something, I'm not sure what, in August. So if you did it in August, go look at the product and see whether you're supposed to do it once a month or every six months. And that'll tell you. But I don't know what this product is. So I hope it works for you. I, uh, I almost got run over this week. I was driving and got to a red light, and my eye was caught by these people, um, professionals. Obviously, the pruning looked pretty good, pruning a crepe myrtle 
row of them, and literally the third one from the right had crepe myrtle bark scale. And I thought, well, it won't be long before they all have this. And, and it was just astounding to see how awful the trees looked and how awful the one next to the one that looked awful was beginning to look. And then you think about, you know, you're not you, you always think about dipping your shears when you prune one thing and then before you prune the next one so that you're not transmitting diseases. But I'm pretty sure you can at least be transmitting some pieces of that scale from one tree to the other and doing that because it's all wound up in the branches and therefore it gets all wound up in your saw blade. But anyway, that's another subject for another day. Tough stuff. Very tough stuff. It's one of those problems that we have now that we realize we, we, we knew we were going to have it, but it's gotten worse than we had hoped. So we'll have to see if we can't get a little further along. Don't forget, this week is uh, Enjoy Your Daffodils Week. Get your roses pruned and catch up on anything you didn't do in January because we're about to roll right on out of February. Believe you me, next week will be a surprise to you. <laughs> if, you if, if you look up and all of a sudden it's the 27th of February and you haven't done any of these things, well, you're, you're going to need to get very busy. So get busy now so you don't have to do that later on. Um, Oh, one more mem- remem- remembering um, for you. I want, don't want you to forget. This is this is not a paid commercial. This is me saying how much I love Delta Blues Rice. I just I just do. And they're, I'm on their mailing list. You should be too. Their products are on sale this weekend. Go to DeltaBluesRice.com and find them and get yourself more than you can imagine and better deals. They've got um, 15% off until tomorrow night at midnight. You have to do this right away. And in fact. Great rates on shipping as well. So please, um, they're, they're, they're coming out with new products very, very soon. I look forward to that as long as they don't quit making brown rice. I'll be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thank them for all of that. Talking about um, fatty salts of potassiums and what about all that potassium and what about biochar, I will, I will bring back more information about that next week. I'm glad you're interested. Thank you very much for that. Um, another question that just I'm not going to get to this week, but I will get to next week. What is the difference between organic fertilizer and, and not organic fertilizer? Well, there's a lot of differences, but the main ones we'll get to next week, okay? Because guess what? That's what we do around here. We talk about this and that. We try to help out um, each other. Y'all are good with tips for friends. And I'm always happy to be here to talk about plants because I'm your garden mama, and this is Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. 
That's right, now you can play Wheel of Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. What do your customers expect from you? Consistency, reliability, a healthy place for them to frequent, and fantastic customer satisfaction? That's the same thing you deserve. And you'll get it from Jenny King, the king of clean. We currently clean and disinfect over 350 businesses, buildings, healthcare facilities, schools, and offices here in the Jackson area with a 99.99% customer satisfaction success rate. Plus, our average customer retention rate is eight years. For your clean and healthy building, go to JennyKingCleans.com. That's JennyKingCleans.com now. Jenny King, the king of clean. Get the most out of your tax refund with a new set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center, Jackson's proudest community sponsor with four convenient locations to serve you. Along with our great prices, your new Kenda tires come with a kind of protection you can't find anywhere else, like free road hazard, free flat repair, free tire rotations and balancing, free inspections and more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.